Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Also known as Jim, I'm here with Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. Great to see you, Chuck. Great and to be here. Unfortunately, Keith Pierce is not with us today. The Hollywood Heartbreak Kid is, uh, yeah, he's not shopping. A, he's, he's, he's shopping on Rodeo Drive, is what I heard. Something, last something's heard. happening, but we have a big show <laughs> to talk about. Chuck, we got a reaction to the U.S. men's national team roster that dropped. We got a uh, little Greg Berhalto and Greg Berhalto. That's my new name for him and Gio Reyna combined. But Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna getting after it or not getting after it because they haven't talked, apparently. We got Americans in the Champions League. Champions League draw just happened. We got Inter-Miami. We got to talk about their schedule. Can they qualify for the playoffs? I don't know. I don't care if they have Messi on their team or not. And then John Herdman ends his time with Canada to join Toronto FC. But let's get into the roster reaction first, Chuck. Yes. So what are your thoughts overall? Any big surprises for you? I feel like... We should let everybody know that there were some injuries, right, to certain players. Giorena is one of them. Tyler yeah. Adams is another. Mm-hmm. But any big, any big, uh, we got Taylor Booth, CCV, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Sean Johnson, Josh Sargent, unfortunately, scored again this past weekend for Norwich over Huddersfield and then rolled his ankle and he could be out for months, according to his manager, David Wagner. And then Walker Zimmerman is out as well. So without those guys, though, how are you feeling about the roster overall? You know... I'm already, I'm loving the chat. I have to say they're trying to trigger me because Heath isn't here to trigger me. So I appreciate S27 uh, coming at me with the Charlie. I'm hearing that triple G will not start Balogun and play with a false nine. <laughs> there's nothing uh, more triggered. spicy that would, that would literally set me on fire. There's nothing more that would set me on fire than hearing that. So uh, if that was the case, so. I appreciate, appreciate you trying to set me off early, but uh, I'm not getting triggered. Uh, what I will say is no surprises for me. 
uh, ultimately because there there are injuries. I mean, Gio Reyna just got back to training and now people know are, are being made aware that he had a, a fracture, that this wasn't just a sprained ankle or, or an ankle injury, a ligament injury. And then we have Tyler Adams still injured uh, coming back. Cameron Carter Vickers, Taylor Booth, Josh Sargent, Zach Stephan, Walker Zimmerman. So given that, I'm uh, I'm hyped for Benjamin Kramaski to, to get uh, a look with this group. Um, he's shown a lot of, of, of quality, but again, it's well, so there's a early in his career, can we, right? Can we talk about Ben Hameen? Can we just call him Ben Hameen from here on out? I think it's cooler if we go with just Ben Hameen. Or what about Benha? He ben goes ha. by Benha too. Ben yeah, Benha. Ben that sounds, that right. sounds yes. And I want him to only have that on the back of his jersey moving forward. Just throwing that out there. But with regard to Benha, there was a conversation between two of our friends, Herc Gomez and Stu Holden yesterday on some social media platforms. And, and Herc was basically arguing that Ben Ha doesn't deserve to be here yet and that there's others, <laughs> Noel Buck, yeah. uh, Jack McGlynn, amongst others, that probably have done more to warrant the, the opportunity. But Stu's like, I, and I get where he's coming. I get where both of them are coming from. But Stu basically said, hey, obviously, there's some challenges that we could lose uh, Ben Ha to Argentina. So why not bring him into the fold, get a taste of what he's about, understand where he wants to be, get him around the group. And this is a pretty A-plus group, by the way, despite all the injuries. So bring him in and see how he fits and, and how it goes from there. Where are you on that? Because obviously I know that you're a fan of a lot of young players, especially ones yes. that are littered around MLS. Well, I will say Buck could go to England. So, I mean, the same argument could be made there in terms of, oh, we got to rush to get him cap-tied. I'm not a fan of of rushing to cap-tie people if they don't deserve it. From what we've seen from Benjamin Kermaski and Noel Buck, for instance, is they're super talented for their age. And I think an under 23 is is probably their level. They're not ready to break in and play with this A team, um, especially after the, the performances in Nations League. I mean, no young kid, no disrespect to Benjamin Kermaski or Noel Buck, is breaking into that team with with Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, right. and Gio, and Gio Reyna playing, right? But uh, I, 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 in terms of a camp, this is a camp. And right. This is, you can't even get cap tied on this one. No, not at all. So there's not an issue at all with, with seeing him called in. I like that. I'd rather see a Benjamin Kamaski called in than some of the other uh, players that we've seen in the past. I mean, if, if you saw, and no disrespect to Christian Roldan, if you saw Roldan here over Kamaski, would people be happy about that? No. People no, pick, I, revolt, you know, picketing in the in the streets. Um, so, uh, yes, like I just said before, he's got eleven, uh, almost twelve hundred professional minutes in, in Major League Soccer, just in league play. What, okay, one, let me say one like goal, this: four assists. Like, is what? that enough to be like, oh my god, he's got to get called into the A team? No, but he has shown real upside. Do you feel like if Messi wasn't his teammate, he wouldn't have got called in? Do we feel like we're seeing this heightened version of Ben uh, yes. because of that? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, facts. Yeah. Also, that, also though, a, I do think fact. I do think the rub though is the fact that he has an opportunity to go play for Argentina, and I think if anything, mm -hmm. Greg's done really well. Berhalter as the coach of the team is he's done an excellent job of recruiting dual nationals to play for us. Now he's got another one on his hands too that's currently playing for Burnley with uh, Luca Coliacho. Coliacho, excuse me. It was 18, played for Espanol, came to the Espanol Academy. I know he started uh, in the U.S., but made a pretty 
significant move at age 11 to get over to, to Spain and came through the Espanol uh, Academy, played for the, their top team last year. Not too many appearances, but made his move to Burnley. And now he's uh, making an impact for Vincent Company and, and Burnley in the Premier League, which is uh, pretty cool to see. He's another one. He can play for Nigeria. He can play for Italy. He can play for Canada. And he's been called into both a U.S. youth team, and he's also been called in for the full team with Canada. He said he hasn't made up his mind yet. But that would have been, like, hey, if we're just throwing out these 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 uh, call-ups, why not bring in him? I, I don't know how you feel about him, but that's another one that I think we might have to. Because uh, I say it like this. I think we ended up getting Balogun because some of the players were in Balogun's ear, right? Yunus Musa in particular because they, they played in the Arsenal Academy. So you get these guys, you, you bring them into camp and then they get a part of the WhatsApp group and they're in on all the jokes and they get, you know what I mean? Like they get to be part of the culture in a way that maybe they're not getting from somewhere else. And I think that ultimately is what wins a lot of these players over. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I think just to build off of what you were saying with Argentina and Kermaski, I mean, the Argentine, Argentine Federation is, is building a, a, a camp in a facility in yes. South Florida. So right, right. I think that goes into it as well, right? Because now all of a sudden Kermaski's in uh, the backyard of the AFA because now they can start to pull some of those dual nationals. And and this is an opportunity to to look at Kermaski at with in respect to the A team level. So it doesn't mean necessarily anything. I think it's a good look by Greg Berhalter to say, hey, let's take a look at this kid because yeah. Obviously, the only reason he's getting called in is because he's he's upped his game since Messi's been on his team, like most p- people would. But for given his age, I mean, this kid's 18 years old, and he's shown a lot of intelligence with his movements and technique, and, and I think flexibility because you couldn't say he's one position. He could. We've seen him in the wing position. We play him. Seen him play yeah. as an eight. Um, I I think. There, there's a, a big upside with a Benjamin Kermaski. Okay, so just talking about the roster overall, we have another player who's never been capped before, uh, Christopher Lund, who plays for Palermo in Italy. He's coming off of winning the Swedish League with Haken last season, so getting a little bit of hype. What Greg Berhalter said about him and bringing him into the team was that nobody's really taken that, that spot behind Anthony Robinson. He plays left back. And this could be an opportunity for Christopher Lund to do that. And I find that interesting because we're seeing Serginho Dest line up out wide left for PSV in these last two Europa, or excuse me, Champions League qualifiers when they took down Rangers ultimately. And he's looked good. He's looked solid. And actually, I'm really excited to see him just seamlessly transition from kind of a no-win situation with AC Milan and not being wanted at Barcelona to go into PSV and just slide right into their first team into some very important matches, obviously getting into the Champions League and the group stages. And we're going to get into that draw and all the Americans into it a little bit later in the show. But I find that to be pretty interesting. Anyway, that said, Christopher Lund comes into the team. I love seeing Kevin Paredes getting the call in, getting Mm -hmm. a look at him. Mark McKenzie, kind of weird. Like when he was playing super hot, he didn't get the call in. And now when he's not playing as much, he gets the call in. So that's, uh, uh, you know. I think it's one of those, we, you want to see where he is. Has he has he improved in the areas that Greg Berhalter has maybe asked him to improve in or, or or hoped that he's improved in, given the amount of playing time he had last season? So I'm not I'm not at all uh, disappointed at, in in that call up. I think it's good to see where he is. Um, and then I see a lot of people say, "Hey, did Kermaski deserve to be called in over other players?" And you listen, know listen, the, gold cup, have- the goal the goal cup. 
I would have liked to see him get called in. A yeah. Noel Buck, you know, they both didn't get called into U20s. They absolutely should have been called into the U20s. Right. So that was a miss on the, the head coach for the U20s because, again, you're, you're saying, are you right, picking wait. the right players? Are you finding these players were playing in MLS and playing well, and they didn't make the U20 are side? You, wait, are you taking a shot at Mikey Varas? Because he just got announced as one of the assistants for Greg Berhalter. <laughs> Here we are, Chuck. Chuck doesn't like Mikey Varas. I'm just throwing that out there, everybody. Okay, so let's talk about the midfielders, Chuck. So, so let's get leave Kramaski out for a second. Johnny Cardoso comes mm-hmm. in, another big opportunity for him, hopefully to get some minutes against Oman or and and or Uzbekistan because Tyler Adams is out. Malik Tillman comes in. Yeah, Luca De La Torre, of course, Weston and Eunice. I think we'll probably see a Weston Eunice pairing as maybe a Kind of a hybrid double six. I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. If they can just hold, yep. somebody's got to hold a little bit. Or or Eunice can just hold the six. I was excited to see him get his first minutes with Milan this past weekend. And shout out to Pulisic for scoring yet again in his home debut for AC Milan. But uh, that's pretty much it. Kate Cal getting into this team. You got Pulisic, Wea, Pepe, Balogun, Brendan Aronson. And this will be the first time that Greg gets to coach Fuller and Balogun. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But let's, I want to get into this part of the conversation. And I know you made that comment early on that, that we're going to play the false nine. Balogun's not even going to start, which is pretty funny. But Gio Reyna is not in the team. He's hurt. He's working back from injury. I feel like we've said that about a hundred times on this podcast because it always seems like he's hurt and working himself back from injury. But what I found interesting is that Greg Berhalter did a recent interview with Vanity Fair and he mentioned that he hadn't talked to Gio Reyna yet. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I'm sure you spoke about it on Morning Footy, Box to Box, countless times right now on the Golasso channel. Mm -hmm. But for our audience in particular, I want to just, because I find it odd that he hasn't. I I I I don't know what hasn't what hasn't been odd about this whole process. Okay, no, no, that's fair. Go ahead. Greg Berhalter was was named head coach once again before the players knew. It broke to the to the to the media and to the the American soccer sphere before the players knew. After a Nations League semifinal, you just won Trace Zero against Mexico, your your biggest rivals. You're going to a Nations League and you had your best performance in this new group with this new group. The best performance, complete performance from the US men's national team, even given that Sergio Desk got a red card. And all of a sudden, the news breaks that Burhalter is going to be named coach. What isn't odd? Like what? <laughs> well, I- and, and, and Gio Reyna was was incredible as a ten. So <laughs> they 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 get off the field. They're like, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? So that that's the kind of the emotion. Give it, and I don't want to <laughs> take away the fact that you had already players who had clamored to have Greg Burhalter return. So. He he was well liked for the most part, right? Otherwise, they're not hiring him. Matt Crocker talked to a number of the players. They're like, "We want Greg back." So, Chuck, it, Chuck, th- Chuck, they're not surprised, I, but there I, were I, players who were like, "What the?" Right? What do, What do you think, though? Of and I don't know if you were on the show when we talked about this previous, but that that there wasn't that many options. Like we we out here, we're talking about all the potential options. Everybody mm-hmm. that's going to be available. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, there are a lot of people that actually weren't that interested in the job. And I think that's interesting for a lot yes. of different reasons. Right. But also, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this for, from Canada's perspective because they are a dumpster fire on their side of things. John Herdman leaves. 
he worked with that dumpster fire and tried to make the best of that situation. And now he leaves to Toronto, which I understand why. But here, I don't know. And, and I wonder what happens with the U.S. women's national team job as well. Like, I don't know if this is as desirable as, as, as of a job as people might think it is. What say you? I say you're out of your <laughs> mind. <laughs> you, I, you have a, you got a Copa America on home soil. You, you got a world cup on home soil, the largest world cup ever, the first of its kind in 48 teams and a, a really highly skilled young team. That's ambitious. And you have a number of players playing in champions league, playing in Europe. I mean, I get it. What, dude. I, what, I, what, what wouldn't you like about that job? And, and who knows in terms of who did they really try and target? You know, that's who, true. There's a lot who, there. Who were, who were coaches that they were going to try and tempt away from jobs that they're already in, because you're not going to find one that meets the expectations that we all want. That's a free agent at this stage, right? It, they're all coaches that are probably tied up in contracts and you're in, you're thinking, what can we do to convince you to leave a, a club situation, right? Most likely, if if this is their first foray into international um, football, or are you trying to tempt somebody away who's already got an international job that's done well, right? So, I I would like I think we would all like some transparency. Who? What was the list? Give me give me the top five. Uh, and then well, I, why why are those the top five? From what I understand, right? they they contacted probably a lot of these top fives, and I don't think a lot of people were as interested as we would hope. And and I say this, we probably contacted a lot of club coaches, and what you find out with club coaches is they love the grind, they love the week the week. They don't. It's it's less about the U.S. per se, and and more just about a national team job, which has a lot of lulls. You're not in the trenches. Week in and week out. You're not thinking about, oh, you're probably thinking about it constantly, but you don't necessarily get to act out on that thinking. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we can, that's a whole nother show, I guess, to get into. But I actually want to bring it back to this Burhalter Reyna situation because I, frankly, am very surprised that he has not had any contact with Gio up until this point. And before we go any further, uh, producer Dez has a, a little clip for us of Greg talking about Reyna. So let's take a listen to that. Those are conversations that I look forward to, and it's just understanding sensitivities around it, right? I mean, he's he's a, a young player. I think for for everyone involved, it's been a lot for the last six months, and we just want to do it in the best possible way to put him in position um, to help the team in a way that we know he can. And um, you know, he, unfortunately, he was ruled out for this camp, but I, you know, I look forward to. Um, continuing to monitor his progress at Dortmund and hopefully getting him back into camp in October. We're committed to every single player in this player pool. And for us, it's about how do we, how do we maximize communication with them and, and target it in a way that we're getting the most out of each and every player. So for this, it's just being a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more sensitive to, um, to the past. And I look forward to having conversations with him. I look forward to to watching, you know, his progress and hopefully him getting back on the field. And then for us, you know, hopefully being able to include him in the October camp against, you know, two good opponents. So for me, Chuck, that's a very coach statement. And I appreciate the, the professional answer. Mm. What I don't necessarily agree with is that this is a very unique situation. 
as you mentioned, very odd and has been odd for a long time, including rehiring him and, and the process there. Right. So I just don't understand. Like, l- l- listen, we're, we're, we're kids. We have parents and, and I don't want to be held responsible for how my parents behave. If let's just say, let's use soccer example. If my parents are yelling and being assholes on the sideline, I, I, that's not my fault. Right. I mean, that's not me. The player's fault. That is, that is them. Do we need to expel them from the sideline? Most likely. And I think that Danielle and Claudia Reyna also need to be expelled from the sideline, right? They, they should not be allowed on the sideline and they, they should have to keep their distance for a while. That doesn't impact the player. And I feel like Greg Burhalter needs to meet Gia Reyna where he is. And I say that more metaphorically, but, but also in, in real life, like I, 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 if I was Greg, I would have extended an olive branch once I got the job. I would have, if, if I had to fly over to Germany and be like, hey man, let's, let's just go grab some dinner, you know, and just kind of just work through it in person, over the phone, texting. I know that texting is a, a great way for a lot of these players and, and this generation to, to, to communicate. But I think at some point you just have to, hey, how do we want, how do we want to work through this together? This is a lot of like Greg and, and the coaching staff in US soccer going, this is how we're going to handle it. But I think you have to meet geo in the middle there who who is paying a penance that i don't think he deserves now of course he's already apologized for his behavior chuck sorry i'm going off on a rant but yeah. but i do think that they're i i don't like how this is being handled and i'm frankly pretty surprised they haven't spoken to geo yet well i mean just from the start right so when greg's named it breaks through on on twitter and the players have haven't even finished the game yet that's how Gio finds out. So think about it that way. And then the, uh, I, I think both Matt Crocker and, and Aguchi and have to have that conversation, right. With, with Gio to explain probably what, what happened and, and that Greg's back and how this is, you know, they're trying to move forward because he's, he's an, uh, clearly an important part of this U S national team setup. He's so skilled and, and, as a number 10, it's almost like, oh, this is this is how we unlock Gio Reyna and get the most out of Gio Reyna in those tight spaces, allowing him to kind of dictate the tempo, when to push, when to dribble. He can finish as a 10. He can also be unselfish. That's what we saw a snapshot of in Nation, Nations League, just how good he can be. So mm-hmm. I, I, I get the not reaching out before you get the job. You have to have the job first. And that was never a given, but once everything's agreed upon and signed, you're they're already in the Nations League, so you can't really do it until it's over. I think there should have been a better way of of figure, figuring out how to to announce Greg Bralter after he's already connected with the players, right. right? So if Greg were able to go to Europe or just have a sit down with 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 Gio Reyna. And, and clear the air because that's clearly what needs to happen where they can move forward, both adults, professionals, coach, player, and say, Hey, let's not forget Gio Reyna was acting in, in a, in not a professional way when he wasn't playing. And, and that's what led to all of this. So he, he's not scotch, scot free going, go, you know, yeah, right. for, for what had happened. But, He's supremely talented. You grow, you move on. We all make mistakes. He's still so young. 
right? And it's it's hard to to imagine. Gio Reyna still still he's still a kid in my eyes. He, that's how young he is, and he's got the whole his whole future ahead of him. And when he's healthy and fit, he's going and and fulfills his potential. He's going to be a, a massive figure. So, I still think there is room for this to to work out, and I think it will work out because it has to for this team to be successful on all fronts. And it seems like the group has moved on, right? They they're they've moved past all this crap. Now I think it's now, more now you have but you have two people, Chuck, yeah. that need to move on and bury the hatchet, as it were, that to use I don't know why that <laughs> metaphor came to mind. But yes, they're and they have to talk and they have it. And and maybe it feels like, based on what I heard from Greg, he's trying to find that perfect situation. Let me tell you, dude, if you're part of any meaningful relationship, and, and I know he has as well, there's no perfect time to do anything. You just have to go and do it. And I'm, I'm frankly surprised, given all of this leadership stuff that he consumes and also speaks to at conferences, that he hasn't uh, resolved this. In, in Not to say there's a rush on it, but... I'm just surprised it hasn't happened yet. Anyway, we're going to take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to talk about Fuller Balogun making his big move away from Arsenal and the Champions League draw, which just dropped a little bit earlier today. We'll see what Americans are playing, where and who and against and all the good stuff. So don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. we got two big stories out of Monaco. One is Fuller and Balogun, and the other one is the Champions League draw. We'll go with Balogun first, because Chuck is our resident number nine. He is making a $44 million move from the Gunners, your favorite club, to Monaco. And I like it. I like that he's going to a spot where I think he's going to be used. Right now, it looks like he might be sitting behind Wissam Ben Yedder, their captain, which isn't the best look, but Adi Hooter... Their coach could elect to have him play underneath. He can also come from out wide or he could play up top and Wissam Ben Yedder could play underneath. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different options, but uh, pretty significant signing. They're not just going to not play him. What's your reaction to this move? Well, they obviously paid uh, a, a hefty price to get Falaren Balogun to play. He's not going there to be on the bench. This isn't, you know, a $15 million purchase where you can say, all right, he's back up or, you know, he's depth. He's going to play. And so they, the, the manager's job is to figure out a way to, to make it work with Binetta and Balogun on, on the pitch at the same time. So uh, it's a great move. It's a great move because Monaco is a top club, a lot of respect. He's going to continue to develop as long as he plays. And now it's on him. It's on him to, to continue to score goals and, and show that 
he's he's got what it takes to to play at the highest level and play in Champions League and and prove the people at Arsenal wrong. Yeah, there's some quotes from him with regard to this move, and they were talking about how he's going to have to compete with Wissam Ben Yedder, and he said. This doesn't scare me since competition is part of the job. Love that quote. He went mm -hmm. on to say, there was some at Arsenal. There will also be some here because Monaco is a big club. For me, Wissam is a, is a legend, and there'll be a pleasure to play alongside him. The coach will, will then make his choices, but I'm very happy to evolve with him, which I think is an excellent, excellent quote. He also went on to say, very great players have notably worn these colors. So it was a simple choice, and I wanted it to happen. So I went back. I, I already knew a couple, right? We know Thierry Henry played at Monaco, and, and then that was a nice stepping stone for him to take bigger steps in his career. Uh, we know Kylian Mbappe is another big name, right, that that really kind of put his stamp on things with Monaco and then made the move to PSG and, and with the French national team. And so I started to look at some more. You got Fabinho. You got Bernardo Silva. You got Yaya Torre. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of players that have – <laughs> really, Yuri, Yuri Tielemans, who kind of used Monaco. Keep going. Yeah. Remember their Champions League run? <laughs> exactly right. Uh, who else? I'm, I had this whole thing. James Rodriguez actually had his best ever, or one of his best ever club seasons the year before that 2014. Fernando Morientes. Where he blew up. And there's just, it's just name, Patrice Everett, like just name after name after name. And I like that for him. And he mm -hmm. had said also that once he made the move and it was official, that Thierry Henry sent him a text saying, congratulations, it's a great club, you're going to enjoy it. And so I, I'm thrilled for him to have this opportunity. I know he played in France last year, so there's going to be a lot of comfortability with playing in this league, right? It's not, he, he's going to know a lot of the teams he's playing against, a lot of the players, right? A lot of, a lot of familiar uh, feelings, and I, I like that for him. Um, and then eventually... He signed a five-year deal. I think maybe he's there two years. If he's on this trajectory that we think he is, Chuck, he's there for two years and uh, hopefully making a move to somewhere bigger. It's a, it's a, it's an incredible opportunity. I, I got a chance to play against them in, in league play, and it, it's a, it's a incredible experience because of what they've been able to do in the past and the history of the club. And the, the, the badge weighs a little bit different when you, when you play for Monaco and. Look, look at the place you're living tax free. I mean, most, <laughs> most, most of the players um, will don't actually live in Monaco. They live in, in Nice or they live in, uh, you know, other parts of, of Southern France because Monaco is so expensive, but um, Hey, it's tax free. Uh, if, as long as you're not an American, <laughs> it's tax free. <laughs> All right, let's get into the champions league draw. Then we'll go group by group, but uh, obviously spend a little bit more time on where the Americans are competing. Group A, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Copenhagen, Galatasaray. I think that Bayern and Man United will see their way out of that one. Group B, got Sevilla. We got Arsenal. We got PSV and Lance. And uh, PSV, we got three players now. We got Serginho Des, Malik Tillman, and Ricardo Pepe all involved in that. And that is a fun group. Sevilla, obviously, very decorated. Not necessarily as much in the Champions League as the Europa League, but always a force to be reckoned with. And then we got the Arsenal back in the Champions League. How are you feeling about this group in particular and the games. <laughs> hey, great draw for, great for Arsenal. Arsenal. You're feeling Consider good. Considering what it could have been, amazing draw. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Amazing. So, so PSV, I, I'm hopeful at that point. It looks like Des is already a favorite of Peter Bosch, their their manager. But I'm hopeful that Tillman and Pepe can get some of that experience in the group stage as well. And I guess the better PSV does in the first, let's say, four games, and maybe have already booked their ticket to the next round, that could give some minutes to some of these players that maybe mm. aren't getting as much. The Group C, we've got Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga, and Union Berlin. 
which has Brendan Aronson on it and Jordy Pifok, though apparently Jordy Pifok is going to go out on loan to Borussia Mönchengladbach for this season. So that changes his uh, availability, let's say, for Group C. I got Napoli and Real Madrid going through on this. But you can't sleep on Braga, Chuck, because Portuguese teams in European competition, always up for the fight. So Union Berlin are going to have to have that same type of spirit. Uh, I'm a big fan of their manager, Urs Fischer, but this could be too tall of a mountain to climb. But a great experience for for Brendan in particular to get a run out again once, because he did it once with RB Salzburg and uh, actually performed pretty well from what I remember. Yeah, I mean, for for Brendan Aronson and Union Berlin, they get to play Napoli, Real Madrid, and Braga's no slouch either. That's a difficult group. I know, so that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's great for him and his growth and exposure at, at the highest level. Every player dreams of playing in Champions League and to play against teams like Real Madrid and Napoli. I mean, let, let's go. I'm, I'm hyped for Brendan Aronson. All right, but, and we're getting, hey, we're getting, go ahead. We're getting hotter. We're, we're getting close to the group we're getting, of death. We're getting closer to that, yes. And uh, we did have to confirm that Jordi Pifak will actually officially go out on loan to Borussia Mönchengladbach. We wish him the best there. Group D, we got Benfica. We got Inter Milan. We got RB Salzburg and Real Sociedad. That feels kind of wide open. I think Inter, obviously, are the favorites. But then from there, Benfica were good in the Champions League last year. You can't sleep on Salzburg and, and Sociedad. Again, a lot of Liga teams like to win these competitions. And we got Group B. We got Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid. We got Lazio. And we have Celtic. The only American in there is Cameron Carter-Vickers. But apparently his hamstring injury is a little more severe than they had maybe been admitting publicly or maybe they actually feared initially. I'm hopeful that uh, we can have Cameron Carter-Vickers come back into the team before the group stages are over. That said, even if he was playing, I don't know. That's I, I guess Celtic could maybe get second. I mean, I have Atleti and Diego Simeone and everybody pushing through there. They're really talented. And you just don't really know which version of Feyenoord and Lazio are going to show up. They can be very mm-hmm. good some days, and then some days you're like, what? Are those guys paid professionals? <laughs> uh, sorry, that was too big of a shot. So Celtic, you never know. And obviously, when you have those home games at Celtic Park, they always gives them an advantage with the 12th man there. I don't know. How do you feeling about this? I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers' injury is pretty significant, apparently. Yeah, I just hope he can get back on the pitch. He's such a, a a good person, and and we just saw him take a huge step in his game as a center back. His development, playing with in the World Cup, um, I, I thought he should have played in in the match against Holland because I thought he was really solid against Iran and, and formed a good partnership with Tim Ream. But uh, you know, you just you just hope that he gets on the pitch sooner than later so he can continue to grow and develop and and hopefully make a move from Celtic because you know Anj Pasakoglu has has said he's the best defender in in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, it'd be exciting to see him continue to get run outs. And that's a huge experience, right? I mean, playing in the Champions League, that must be next level. All right, we're going to skip the group of death for a minute because we have a bunch of Americans playing in that one. We're going to go to Group G, which was Man City, Leipzig, Red Star, Belgrade, and Young Boys. We have, in theory, Zach Steffen still out on loan from Man City, but uh, I don't think he'll be factoring into their plans this season. And then in Group H, we have Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Royal Antwerp, which has Oof, Sammy, Sammy Vines in that. I'm hopeful that Sammy Vines is the guy they're trusting to play all these games. Obviously, an incredible experience. And these are the types of competitions, Chuck, where if you go and perform well in your six group stage games, you could parlay that. Even if your team doesn't do well, if you end up going out there and showing off that you can play and hold your own against some of the best teams in the world, that gives you an opportunity somewhere else. You start to get on the radar of scouts of the bigger club. 100%. Radar of, of the national team as well in maybe a different way. Like if he, Sammy Vines is pocketing 
you know, somebody from from Barcelona over two games, not just a one off, but does it consistently. Now you're talking about uh, a Sammy Vines we might be interested in for the U.S. team. Now let's go back to the group of death, though. Well, before you even do that, I think it's important to note in Group H because it's so top heavy uh, with Barca and Porto. Yeah, that Sammy Vines and Royal Antwerp have a really good shot to get into the Europa League. That's true. Good shot. And so not only is he putting himself in a good position to, you know, make a move if he plays well, given that they're playing Barca, Porto and Shakhtar. I mean, we've seen in the past, if you do well in that group stage and Porto, you play really well against Porto. Guess what? Porto's coming in for a bid in the summer. Right. right so right. not only that, but also True. if you if you play well in the Europa League uh, in, in the next stage, if they finish third, it's it's also another good opportunity. You're in the shop window, the dream shop window window. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I'm glad you added that insight. So let's get into the group of death, though. Group F. This this group is insane. Now, now, for those that don't know, I support Newcastle and have for many years, including when we <laughs> well, you got to be feeling optimistic, no? Optimistic? <laughs> I want a redraw. Can, I, can, we, can we do this again? Because I saw what Arsenal got, and uh, I, want a, I want a little bit of that. But um, PSG at the top. Now, this is a PSG team that is all killing Mbappe at this point because either they're going oh, to Saudi don't Arabia do or that. What? I'm putting it on his shoulders. It's fine. That's, yeah, you that's... got Dembele. I, I, you listen, got I, Marco Asensio. I, okay. Ushman and Dembele and Marco Asensio, excellent players, but they're not Messi and Neymar. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe maybe they'll be for the team. Maybe they'll actually work for the team. I don't know. We got Borussia Dortmund, so we got Gio Reyna action there. You got AC Milan, so you have Yunus Musa and Christian Pulisic, and then you got my Newcastle who have to be a little bit bitter that this is their return to the Champions League. But what a hell of a group. There are no days off in this one. And I think you can actually get, from a betting perspective, I might throw a little cheddar, not much, like five, ten bucks on Newcastle because you get crazy odds for them. But if they get out of the group, I wouldn't be surprised because they've got the horses to potentially make a move. Anyway. I'm getting we, out of the group. Do you? Milan one, Newcastle two. I love that. Chuck, we just became best friends. Like we, we were like, like <laughs> close to. No, I'm just kidding. We've always been best friends. But but that just took you to the next level. So so what I love though is we get two games of Giorena taking on Christian Pulisic and Yunus Musa. You got a lot of Americans in in this, and that's exciting, right? This is the first time. I think we have 13 Americans in total that are potentially rosters, final rosters for the Champions League get announced on September 4th. So we won't know exactly, but as of right now, we got 13 uh, Americans, which is the most ever for a Champions League. So how are you feeling about this group in particular? And and let's just speak about Milan overall, because Christian Pulisic has just been lights out. Well, I mean, it couldn't have been a better start to, to life in Milan for Christian Pulisic. But the thing that strikes me the most is that Christian Pulisic is happy. He's smiling. Right, he's, right. You could tell he's embracing it, and he's 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 loving this experience. And the partnerships with him and Olivier Giroud is is already there. It's already where right, it needs right. to be. Yeah. And Rafa Rafa Leal is is a player that's already starting to figure out how Christian Pulisic moves, and you're starting to see the the midfield along with this trio come together su- at in such short time, which is incredible. So, I, I um. I'm really high on, on Milan right now. I think the transfer window has, has gone really well. You lose a player like Tonali, and you see how how good Tonali is. He is a special player. Both sides of the ball. Newcastle really upgraded with Tonali in the midfield. But they got Christian Pulisic, Chikwesi, 
uh, Noah uh, Okafor. Uh, yeah, they've done Ruben well. Too. Cheek. They they they've yeah. really reinvested that that transfer in the squad to perfection, and they had a goalkeeper in Mike Mignon. So I I think Milan are in a better position healthy. than they were yeah. last season. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I what I really like and appreciate is with Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan. He's done a nice job of finding players that needed a new chance Steve, a new opportunity yeah. you have loftus cheek who's one of them you got uh rinders who i think is he's seems like a young player but he's only he's 25 so he's also under, underrated underrated you got christian obviously who's who has already stated that he just needed a new opportunity and kind of i'm paraphrasing but the last couple of years chelsea just didn't go the way that he wanted and, and it, it's it's great and i think that he what i really like about christian here is that he has Embrace the fact that he's going to have a challenge because they have signed some excellent players and already had some excellent players in those areas of the field. And he's putting his stamp on things. And that I first hope, impression, I, I Chuck, hope, how, how, how important is that first impression though? So, so important. I so hope, important. really hope he gets Bayern Munich and he's going to face Thomas Tuchel and, yeah, and no, absolutely, give, absolutely gives it to him. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. And, and with Milan or you having them going through, um, it'll be interesting to see who they cross over with in the round of 16. But let's talk a little bit about Gio Reyna. Just let's extrapolate just very quickly. What happens when he's healthy? Do you think they trust him to come in and, and be the guy? Because it feels like even when he was healthy, Edin Tursich, the manager, wasn't really doing that. So I want him to play all these group stage games, of course, but I'm not so sure that uh, he's going to be a guy they rely on heavily this season, which bums me out. Yeah. I think that they've turned a new page and I do believe that he will be relied on once he gets back, back to health. I just feel that he's walking with a, a, a new confidence about his ability. And, and I think he's also been humbled. I think he's grown. He's matured a lot. I think in, in the past year playing in a world cup, going through everything that, that has happened transpired in the past season um, because you saw that in nations league. In Nations League, it looked like he had had really matured as a as a player off the pitch and on the pitch. Right, knew what he knew what he needed to do to have success for himself, but also for the team. And, and that's why I think the past year has really propelled him to have success at Dortmund. And and once he is relied on to play every single match to get results, and and he performs, that's when we're going to start to see him evolve and, and and kind of grow into that world-class player that we know he can be. And I love that. I want to say that right now it feels very, his situation at Dortmund feels very similar to Pulisic at Chelsea over the last year or two, where he just, we all know he's capable. They know that he's capable, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel right. So I'll, this is a big season for Gio Reyna. Yes. Uh, probably for both club and country <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. And I wonder if it doesn't work out the same way it didn't work out for Pulisic at Chelsea if and when he makes that move. Maybe it's a January transfer move. Maybe it's one over the summer. So obviously something to keep an eye out on. But very excited for the Champions League. And as a friendly reminder, everyone, I just want to let you know that you can watch all the Champions League action live on CBS Sports Network. How do you do that? On Paramount+. Plus. Well, you know, for a limited time only, Chuck, you could get 50% off an annual Paramount Plus plan. What? Uh, yeah, I know. Is that, is that a little... 
a little bar scan barcode right there. <laughs> I think it is. Oh uh, my! Chuck, hold on. You're really good at this. Plus, I, it's it's two fifty a month for the essential oh, plan. Oh, what or a five dollars a month for the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan for twelve months, Chuck. So yes, go QR code that, and that's really like five dollars. That's a really good deal. Mm. So try it for free. Link is in yes. the description. All right, we're going to take our second and last break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk a little MLS and this guy named Leo Messi, so don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to It's Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy alongside Chuck. And we're going to talk a little MLS. And we're going to start with their midweek games. There's a whole bunch of midweek games. And I don't know which one stands out for you, but I want to talk about into Miami versus Nashville, Chuck. And this game was 0-0. So this is the first time that Leo Messi has not had a goal or an assist in a game for his MLS club. And the first time that he's played in a game where, obviously, they haven't scored. Now, what I find interesting about this matchup, so he's played 10 games now. They've played 10 games in 41 days. That's a lot. And and uh, I know he came off the bench against New York mm. and had a sick pass and, and to Kramaski and, and tap in there. And he came off, played 30 minutes, started this one against Nashville. I was actually pretty surprised because I thought, hey, they've already played Nashville once, but maybe he wants to play all the home games, whatever it's it may home. be. Yeah, it's home. The one thing I wanted to add to this, I thought Nashville were good. They were solid. They looked a lot more organized than they did in that 3-3 Leagues Cup game. This is the first time, Chuck, that Inter Miami has played another team twice. And they played another team twice that is always very organized behind the ball under Gary Smith. They conceded 70% possession, but it didn't feel like Miami were all that threatening in a way that you would expect with Messi and the team. And Messi looked a little bit off of it, to be honest. I thought some of his touches were a little loose. Now, I'm obviously holding this guy to the highest standard because he shows us what he's capable of on the regular and he makes the impossible look easy. So, so this is no knock on Messi. He of course is going to get tired because he, I think he's a human being, but mm. what I find interesting is they have, they have 22 points now, Chuck with 10 games to go. Yep. And over the last three seasons, the ninth place team has earned around 43 points, which means they're going to have to get 20 points to get close to that over the last 10 games. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Because he's going to miss a couple games for international duty with Argentina. They got some World Cup qualifiers. They also have to travel over to LA, which you know just adds to the, the amount of time that they're spending things that can make you tired. I'm going to that game this weekend. So if you see me, everybody, come say hi. And uh, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Also, of those last 10 games. Did you get, did you get me two tickets? I didn't. I, I got. I, I, uh, I didn't. Sorry, Chuck. No, I said if I if I needed two tickets, could you get me two tickets? I not no, not at this juncture. <laughs> <laughs> I wow, I, thanks I, for the hookup. No, God, I, I had to work hard to actually, get my own. I'm going yes, by myself, dude. I'm going actually, by myself. It was actually for my brother. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, but no. Uh, but but so I want to say this. Let me let me tie yeah. in the one thought that I had. Of their last ten games, they're going to play teams in six of those ten that they've already played once, and I feel like. Once you've got the messy experience down and you've already lived through it, 
I don't think you're going to be at, let's say nervous, but I think you're going to be a little bit more comfortable with, with the circus that, that goes with it <laughs> and, and how the referees call games and all that good stuff. Honestly, I just think it's going to make it harder for Miami. Stop I, it. I thought for sure they were going to get in the playoffs, but I'm not so sure anymore because he's going to miss some games and so are some of his teammates due to international duty. And I just think other teams are going to set up shop like Nashville, take the tie and move on. Right. There's no winners in this one because it's not league's cup or playoffs or whatever. Mm. Uh, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Well, Jim, you seem Jim, like you're ready to bite my head off. Go, go, go. I am it. because <laughs> I, I, I asked for two tickets and it wasn't even, uh, let me see what I can do. It's because I've been well, asked by like ask. a thousand people, Chuck. No, it's, it's not, there was not even a, a, a hint of, let me try <laughs> to, to get you two tickets. My guy, Charlie's asking me for two tickets. I don't even know if it's for him. Maybe it is for him. Maybe it's for someone else. <laughs> I don't know. But you just went, nah. <laughs> Before I even finished, you said, nope. Listen, you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand that what? I'm, fr I'm from LA. This. And, and I had made mention to my friends down there and family that I'm coming and I've just been hit up countless times for, for, Hey, let's get I, my, I, I had to, I didn't even get a ticket. I had, I got a credential. So, so I'm, wor I'm working like the media angle. I'm there to, I'm there to quote unquote work Chuck. So in terms of getting tickets, I actually didn't even get tickets myself. I should have just said that because now, now you and your family hate me. So it's no, <laughs> it's just, I, I can't even just, I, I can't rack my brain around just the 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 lack of being a teammate, the lack of, <laughs> of assistance from you. Shocking. Uh, but you are a center back. I guess it makes sense. Um, oh, here we go. And to answer Brant's question before about uh, kicking it, that starts September 20th. So, um, Wait, who's your first interview on kicking it? Thierry Henry. Henry. We did wow. it's, it's, so the first interview, but it's two parts because it's a, it's, a, it's a long interview. So. And it's all well, just, I mean, if you can have time with Thierry Henry, you don't want to cut him off, you know? Exactly. Uh, but this is my take on LAFC. And this is why. LAFC or Inter-Miami? Inter-Miami playing LAFC. Oh, got it. Go ahead. So my brother was like, hey, what do you think about, you know, me going to, to, to the game? Because my brother lives in San Diego. My parents live in San Diego as well. And I said, to be honest, if I'm Tata Martino, I'm not traveling Messi to this game. I'm not traveling Busquets, Messi, or Alba. This is a what? I, I'm this working is, hard to listen, get there. Dude. Listen, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I hope he plays, and I, and I hope that people who are going get to see Messi play. But this is my take. It's a Western Conference game, right? If you lose, this isn't a six pointer, and it's it's cross country. You just went through a gauntlet through League's Cup. I get you, it. You finish with U.S. Open Cup. It, you're it's you win a trophy. You get to a final. There's all this emotion. You come home to play Nashville. You you already played one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. This is the game where you say, guys, take a take a, a rest, take a break, relax, be with your families, take some downtime, and then we get to to play a Kansas City te team that's not good. And then we go through the gauntlet of Atlanta, you know, uh, uh, Toronto, Orlando, and then you go through that. And that's where you start to pick, you try and pick up the points. But if you're going to take a break, this is the only place that you can take a break because everything else is six pointer after six pointer. Cause you're playing Eastern conference games and you're all, you're trying to take points away from teams that you're competing with. You also have open cup final, right? The throw in there. Boom. Oh, that, that's just our league, the league schedule that we saw. Up so there tell, the tell me this ain't the time to take that break. No, I get that. But don't you feel like leaving his energy aside that he has a contractual obligation to at least 
be on the sideline. I know that you want to just keep him at home, let him relax, but yo, they signed him for a reason. I I assume there's some stipulations. I know, but that- he he hasn't. Busquets, Alba, and Messi have not experienced that five six hour flight. Come on, dude, they're, All- they're flying. Private not, now they could get massages not, yeah, on the way over. It, it, it doesn't matter. It travels travel. massages. Do, making that commitment across country, and then you know the Matt. This is their first time having to do that. Think about it. They play in Spain. That's a two-hour flight max. Well, we're talking six hours. Maybe Boom. they played shot after something. after a crazy gauntlet. Now, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, if if there was ever a chance, and it made sense. This would be the time to take that rest. He better play, dude. I'm, I'm <laughs> down now, now the Davies family's it's like, I hope he doesn't play because he yeah. didn't get his tickets. He didn't get his tickets. <laughs> What's crazy too is that the bookies have Inter Miami as the second favorites to win MLS Cup, which is absolutely hilarious because they have so much work to do to even get into the playoffs. What's going to be crummy though for crummy is such a such a dad word when you're around kids you don't want to cuss. But what's crummy? Is that if if Inter Miami get the ninth spot, if you're the number one seed, which is probably going to be Cincinnati because they're clearing it right now, they already qualified and and they're well on their way to winning the supporter shield. No, tank it. The, yeah, tank, they, tank the end of the season. You're like, uh, we don't want to be the number one seed. We we're gonna. Have it's to not a, it's not a benefit to be the number one seed. It's anymore. not not if Inter Miami are coming in and uh, going to be the number nine seed. So that's going to suck for whoever that is because. We've already seen them. Think about it. Well. Chicago and Montreal are nowhere near as good as Inter Miami right now. And if Inter Miami missed the playoffs, it's just such a shame. Think about that. Like DC, Charlotte, DC, Chicago, Montreal, just really lack uh, quality. No, they when do. Comparing they do. Well, com- yeah. when you compare them to them, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, the quality of Messi, Busquets, and Jordi. Oh Alba. my god. Yeah, that's some pretty good quality. Any other results that stood out for you last night? Uh, Toronto FC beating Philly three one was a bit of a surprise. We'll talk a little bit more about how TFC about Austin before. Yeah, losing to the uh, Sounders at home after being up one zero. Austin are outside the playoff line. They have not been good. I've been saying this for a while and, and they've been floating around in the middle of the, the Western conference because the Western conference has been largely disappointing. I'd say, you know, from, you know, Minnesota, San Jose, Dallas, Austin, KC, Portland, Minnesota has recently gotten hot because of uh, Reynoso, but man, Austin have been, been really shocking this year. Um, considering the expectations when you, when you had Drew who was on a MVP caliber season last year, big drop off. Um, So I'm a little shocked at where Austin is at the moment. Uh, And I'd say Houston beating Columbus. That was a big one. That was a big one. Uh, Houston's Houston's very good at home. Houston, very good at home, but I think Ben Olsen has done a really good job. Uh, Obviously Pat Onstead recruiting players in, I think they had big constraints on the contract given the financial uh, restrictions, not being able to move players. And man, they, they did real work, real work on, on, uh, on that roster. And it's, it's really showed um, that their their quality just in Ben Olsen rotating players and getting them play at their best, but New York Red Bulls really poor, really, (laughs) really poor. I, I said this on, I called the game yesterday. New York Red Bulls, think about the history of this club, right? They haven't won MLS Cup, but they've had 
competitive teams, top players. I go back to Tab Ramos, Juan Pablo on hell, Tyrion Ree, Bradley Wright Phillips, you know, Dex McCarty and Sasha Kleshton were in the midfield together. Look at them now. What, what, <laughs> what's their identity? What it, it, it there's no but they philosophy. have the coolest, it's, you, the coolest say, third kit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> coolest third kit, but you say RB, you know, they they go they're following RB Leipzig and, and the Red Bull. They they don't even do that well. So I I mean, talk about structure that needs to, to change because we all want to see a New York Red Bulls that is competitive because it's great for the league. It is it, it's strong for the league. They're in one of the they're in the arguably the biggest market in New York. New Jersey, New York, and it, it's just, it hasn't gone well. It really hasn't. Yeah, a couple of the results for me that were a bit surprised. Uh, FC Cincinnati coming back to beat Atlanta. Lucho Acosta scored an absolute peach of a goal. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest that you do. The Galaxy kind of getting it together, to be honest. They had 28 points, and right now in the Western Conference, FC Dallas are in the ninth spot on 30 three so not outside the realm of possibility galaxy have two games in hand on most of those teams above them austin fc been completely disappointed i'm i'm a little worried for my former roommate with the national team josh wolf who is the head coach of that squad hopefully they can turn that around and sneak into the playoffs but uh yeah some surprising results and and uh so maybe some lack of identities throughout the league this year <laughs> well, We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. And and obviously there's some changes in the format to the playoffs and it'll all be super exciting. So I'm excited to see the stretch run. This is always my favorite time of the year, Chuck, because the games, yeah, you kind of roll, you get out of the summer, right? And it starts to cool down and, and now the points are mattering or feel like they matter more. They always matter, right? But they feel like they matter more as you get inching closer to the playoffs. So they, they do. This is the time of the year where everyone comes up, comes to life. And look at TFC. Herdman takes over. He's not even on the sidelines yet. And all of a sudden, Insigne is back, right? Yeah, exactly Talk right. about that coach bump. Um, John Herdman, I think, will really get this TFC team to compete because they are, were also lost. So yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they look like uh, to finish this year, but also for, for next season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I, I do like, or well, from what I've seen, I, I don't know any inner workings of, of John Herdman, but it seems like he's organized and he does a very good job of getting his teams motivated to play. Had success with the women's national team in Canada, obviously got Canada, the men's side, qualified for a World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Mm -hmm. I do find the timing interesting, given the fact that Canada was going to host the next World Cup, and he's only, what, two years removed or two and a half years removed from that. Are we still in 2023? Okay, almost three years removed from that. But it seemed like he was excited to build that project and continue to grow uh, the whole program overall. And now he's out. And it just is a indictment, I would say, of where Canada soccer is and what they have to do and and – they seem, I heard they might be filing for bankruptcy and all these different things. It's just not a good look for them so close to a World Cup that should be something they're so proud of. And they will be, of course, but they got to get their ducks in a row, I think, to make that happen. I'm very curious, though, to see Herdman in a club role. Now, he's a guy that feels like a bit of a lifer in the national team scene, whether he was coaching New Zealand or the women or men with Canada. So to get him into this area, Chuck, where it's been a little bit, dysfunctional might be the best way to, to say it, right? That might be the word we're looking for and, and trying to regain some of their past success that they had under Greg Vanny when they won the treble. I think of any of the 
possible candidates out there. He's a good one to try to right the ship. And and uh, what do you say on that? One hundred percent. He he really worked miracles with that Canadian uh, Canadian side. I mean, the the men's team to win Concacaf World Cup qualifying, just phenomenal. Of course, there was some learning lessons in, in the World Cup. Probably should have obviously taken advantage of of that first game and the opportunities they had against Belgium, and then Croatia talking smack before that game. Do it in the locker room. No, no need to make it public. And you gave Croatia some some perfect ammunition, some bulletin board material to come into that game and send you a message. Got absolutely trounced. And and then in in the Nations League, he was interviewed before the game about the World Cup, and he said, "Yeah, it was great." And it's like, what was great about the World Cup? The, the, the fact that you went, because you couldn't be talking about the performances. There's nothing great about how Canada fared out the fared at the, the, the world cup, but uh, he he's, he's a quality coach. We, we saw that just his man management, tactically flexible, not, not glued to one system or one idea or one principle. So I, I respect him and the way that he approaches the game and, and how he tries to, to manage, prepare, um, and, and uh, I, I think TFC will be better for it. Yeah, I think so too. But I don't know if we're going to see the fruits of John Herdman's labor until next season when he's got a proper off season and can get it. Maybe they can get some results. Maybe they can figure it out. But it just feels mm-hmm. like they've got a lot of work to do in this particular season to make that happen. As TFC sits at the bottom of the table, 22 points. Though I should say... They're tied on points with Inter-Miami. So I, I guess it's not outside the realm of possibility, but Miami's played three less games, so they actually have less time to do even more work. All right, so before we call it a show here, Chuck Wagon, we have some big news. Big, big news. Big, alert! Big, big alert, news. everybody listening. Alert. Big news, listen right here. This is a big news alert. I got the drum out. Yes! The drum is out for some big news alerts. Now, this show started as an offshoot of an earlier podcast on CBS Sports. It was the U.S. Men's National Team Hour, and it was me and Heath bringing it to you once Oh, y'all a week. left me out. Okay. Well, you weren't part of it yet, but then, <laughs> obviously, you come in, and we, we, we rename it to In Soccer We Trust, and the evolution is going to continue, everyone. So this is going to be our last episode just for a little bit. We're going to take a little bit of Don't time panic. off. Don't and, panic. And when we come back, we're going to have undergone a rebrand because – this little show is getting the call up to be on the Galasso channel. And uh, we're making the move to TV, baby. All right. So that is pretty awesome. We're excited about it. Obviously disappointed. Jimmy, so you and me in though. studio. Uh, it's, it's what everybody dreams for, Chuck. I mean, let's just be honest. But uh, make sure you keep it here, the Galasso channel and Paramount Plus for all the updates on that. And we're going to bring you a hell of a show. Once we get resurrected a in a very fun way. So we appreciate your support. We've done, I don't know how many shows of this. It's been an incredible community. We don't want you to go anywhere. So make sure you just hang out for all the Whoa. news and we'll keep you updated Jimmy. when and where we can. Yes. Do you see in the, in the comments, no name. How do you get the Golazo channel? What? Well, tell them, Come Chuck. Come on, man. Tell them, tell them. You, you can go to CBS Sports and, and the app and dot find com. Mm-hmm. Dot, dot com and look. Galazzo Network, Pluto TV. TV, boom, Pluto TV, boom, Paramount Plus, boom. It's free. It's free. Also, U.S. Open Cup, September 27th. The Guess final. What? Messi, the final, into Miami free. versus Houston. Free. Sign up. Champions League. It's all happening. Paramount Plus. It's all happening. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. 
Woo! So we appreciate you. On behalf of producer Dez, producer Alex, Hollywood Heath, Pierce, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, and Much myself, Cream Cheese, Trash Can, Conradina Conrad. Thank you for all your love and support of the soccer we trust. And we'll see you love very, you guys. very soon. Later. Love you. Thank you. Woo!